and welcome back to the What the Fork Sunderland Review Show. It's been almost three years since a nil-nil draw at the Stadium of Light. However, when the kings of the goalless draw turned up at the Stadium of Light and paired off with a side that has absolutely no strikers, perhaps it was always bound to happen. The nil-nils are always the hardest ones to react to, but alas, we are here, as always, to give you our version of events from that nil-nil draw with Preston North End at home. Uh, to join me, as always, is an ever-faithful duo, first up, first up even, sorry, Brad Sharp. Brad, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good, Graham. It's good to be back. Um, apologies for missing last week. Um, I picked a great game to come back for, haven't I? Uh, yeah. hear, this quirk, hear this quirky voice. Trying to uh, dissect a nil-nil draw and the key talking points. Mm. Aye, I, pro- I promise to the people who are listening if they're thinking, "Oh God, yeah, shit, it is nil-nil." We're gonna we're gonna try our best. I've even put like a sneaky joke in, which you won't find out till later. But it's coming. You've got to stay right at the end order to discover it. Um, I said an ever faithful duo, and I did mean that. Second of all, it's Dave Lawrence. Dave, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, good, mate. And to be fair, I I'm really positive. I actually quite enjoyed. Watching that today, but for as much as it was, uh, as much as it was nil nil, and yeah, we'll we'll all probably dissect into it and go. Yeah, if we'd have had a centre forward, we'd we'd have probably put a couple of goals in the back of the net. But yeah, to be honest, I still quite enjoy. I still quite enjoy the brand of football that we're playing. If I'm honest, yeah, you know what? It's, it's weird. Like, um, I don't think there's been a game this season where I've kind of came back from it and gone, "We were shite," or "I'm angry," or. This needs a change. You obviously you have bits that you nitpick, you nitpick at because well, that's kind of what you do when you watch a performance. You well overanalyze it, but um, but yeah, I I'm actually was okay today. I think it, you kind of a Ross Stewart away from that being two three nil for, for me, if I'm completely honest. But um, obviously I'm touching on the obvious a bit there. I thought all in all, I liked the way that we played. I thought we played positively. Um, I thought. We'll get into it, but the substitutions were very positive. But that's kind of my my basic thoughts on today's game, which I very rarely give. Um, and I'm just asked the questions. But Dave, I'll, I'll stick with you on the thoughts on the game. Then, since I'm with you, um, how do you feel after the game? You said you feel relatively positive, but how we're feeling sort of five hours afterwards? Yeah, mate. To be fair, like, yeah, I don't think I can pick much fault with it. To be fair, more more consistency, um, which is. You know, it's something we're all after, isn't it? Just consistent performances. And I think the performance was there. Um, I think Danny Bart was good. I think Elise was good. Lugo 9 did a job. Um, we, we looked positive. We looked to try and get forward. Considering we're not playing with a centre forward, we still look dangerous. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to, you know, Pato made one good save. Yeah, it was straight at him, I suppose. But it was it was pretty good reflexes. And the fact that Lesse got a little nick on it, so it was deflected slightly. Um, and I think basically we they probably had that one chance for Chet Evans. I think we had two clear chances that I remember. So in, in the grand scheme of things, I think we should probably should have won the game, but just just one of them. Well, yeah, not a not a problem at all, really. Dave, um, not Dave, sorry, Brad. Obviously, same question to you. I think. It, it wasn't like the most invigorating game, you know what I mean? Probably one of the most boring ones we've had. But ultimately, I left clapping the lads off and, and feeling quite positive. Do you, do you feel in a similar vein? Any gripes? Or? No. Um, like Dave said, I thought, I thought we played well. The majority of the game was it was quite enjoyable how we were getting into good areas. I mean, first half, Dave touched on Luke O'Neill in there, but 
for his defence display. But first half, he turned into prime Xavi Alonso with some of them balls over the top to, to Jack Clark. And uh, like you say, Jack Clark gets the ball there and there's a strike. if there's a striker in the box and it's happened on numerous occasions, he just slides it in and yeah, we get we do score. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of positives to take because we are getting in the good areas and like you say, we've scored five in the last two games prior to today without a striker but it did show that there was going to be a time where it's going to this lack of a striker is going to it's going to cost us. Thankfully, it hasn't cost us all three points. It's only cost us a couple. But yeah, but, I mean, you, you you can't say we didn't get in the right areas. We look dangerous from both flanks. Um, and I, I think what's also a good positive was, although it was a nil nil when the, when the young lads came on, um, it seemed to give everyone a lift. And I I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching them. Um, I. I, I yeah, I, I, there's a lot of positives to take, except for obviously we didn't score. But I think fucking 100 teams haven't scored against Preston this season, so we're not the only ones. I'm actually going to speak about opposition today at some point, but I'll, I'll leave it for the now. But I am going to gash on the Preston. But um, Dave, you, you pulled out a couple of players there, as did Brad, and I think I could probably pick out a few as well. But um, like I say, we always ultimately kick off with the positives. Um, and again, it's another week with tons of positives. Like there's, there's so many avenues I could go down with, with these positives to begin with. But um, I'll start with a pretty open-ended question for you. Obviously, a number of impressive performances again um, off the bench and in the starting eleven. But who were kind of the three players that stood out for you most? Uh, I mean, that is tough. Um, but. I think for me, um, I thought Patrick Roberts had a good game. Um, I think uh, Alessi uh, had a game. Sorry for the pronunciation. And I think um, it, I think it is Alessi actually. I think it is Alessi. Yeah. I think it actually just is. Remind, just reminds me of the tracksuits. To be fair, I just want one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to be honest, the, the the third one, which is probably a little bit uh, a little bit far fetched to a degree, because he wasn't on the pitch for too long. But would be Abdullah Bar. I oh. thought he was absolutely fantastic when he came on. To be fair, um, he just looks like an absolute baller to me. Looks like he's uh, he, he could go as far as he wants to go. Uh, so composed on the ball, looking to go forward all the time. Yeah, I had a lot of time for his little cameo. To be honest, um, I am going to come on to Bar. If people think I'm just skipping away from that fast, I've got a little segment on Bar because I echo a lot of them sentiments. But um, before I do, Brad, I'm going to kind of throw the same question at you. You know what? It was lovely to actually write this question. Like, who were the three players that stood out to you most? Because to be honest, it, it's kind of difficult to just pinpoint one. I probably agree with Dave. I think Patrick Roberts was outstanding today. I thought Jack Clark was brilliant. I think he tied a bit towards the end. Um, and if I'm sticking with starting 11, I think Danny Bart is just class every week. Um, it's just a unit of a man, but it's a great question to ask, Brad. Who are the best three players for you? Um, and you've got a selection of about 10 you could choose from, to be fair. Uh, yeah, uh, I think Elise again for me was probably my man of the match. Um, and that's three games in a row. Um, where he's been faultless, really. Um, again, Patrick Roberts. He was getting in the good areas, wasn't he? On another day, he slots a couple of them in the far corner. Um, 
Oh, I was going to, yeah, without being a sheep, I'm going to say bar as well. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, 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 was a, he was class when he came on. Um, he was dropping the shoulder just on the edge of our box and then driving us up the park. Um, and I, I know he didn't do much, but you could see he's got a lot of pace. Bennett, it was nice to see him in the flesh because he's not a big lad, but he is an half quick. And as he gets more and more experience, a bit more confidence in him, he, he's going to he's going to be a player for us as well, which I'm really excited to see. Um, and so yeah, the three players I think we we're agreeing on the same three, um, really. But I think also a special mention um, is Luke O'Neill again. Mm-hmm. To be fair, we're big fans of him, Graham. Um, no matter where he plays, but for me, you can't take him out the side at centre half because no. he is a defender. And like I said, he, he turned into prime Javi Alonso first half with a couple of them balls over the top. And if that's a different avenue that we can go down rather than just break like passing the ball between the lines and little triangles, we can go along with them diags. And if that gets the likes of Clarks and Robertson behind it, it is a new dimension that we can take once we get a striker in there. And I know we've heard Tony Mowbray touch on maybe he's there. Um, Ahmad could play as a striker or Diaku. You can tell they're not the same mould as them two strikers. Yes, they, they might be strikers in their own right, but they'd be used to probably playing as a two with someone like Stuart or Sims alongside them. So we just need to find a way to probably get Ahmad playing, but changing our game ever so slightly because he has got something about him as well, to be honest. But yeah, the long, uh, going around the houses, the, the same three is what you said, really. It's quite funny to did the lad next to me when that Ahmad, good player. Do you know how I know? He's got green boots on and he didn't wear green boots like that if you shout. <laughs> I was like spot on, to be fair. Kind of understood completely where he came from. Um, I think that one of the most entertaining things to come out of today, and I know it was a nil-nil, but it was actually a decent game from a Sunderland perspective. I don't know whether you'd agree if you were a Preston fan, but um, was Jewis and Benetti getting what looked like the E2 um, back there? Back to Marsden Rock or something like that, but apparently he was on the bus back to South Shields or something today. But everyone's got like photos of him on the bus. <laughs> What's in the bus for? Um, but he's I had some really positive things about him. So um just to kind of give people clarity, obviously, people will know I work um for a women's football club in Scotland um on the weekend and our one of our uh, sort of key players, um Scottish Women's Player of the Year is Costa Rican. So she's like Costa Rica is probably the, the best female player. And obviously Jewison is probably Costa Rica's like newest hope, shall we say. And I was asking her about him and she's like, oh, I actually know him. And apparently he's a lovely lad. Everyone in Costa Rica loves him um, and just wants him to do well. And he's a really great guy. So um, the fact that he's getting on the bus and that and heading back to Marsden Rock or whatever for a couple of pints in, I don't know, Horsley Hill. Is uh, just added to his his lovely, wonderful charm. But um, I have it on good authority that he's he's a nice lad. Um, I think looking at the the performances there, we've all touched on something really, which I'm dying to get stuck into. But I I dare it. But I've got it here anyway. Um, Dave, we sort of said in the Watford game, like what we thought about Abdullah Bar, and we said, look, that looked decent. That, but it's twenty minutes. Like, give it time. I thought the subs. 
even the Diaku one was really positive. Like, I know not everyone likes Diaku. I'm kind of, I, I quite liked him a bit last season, which was against popular opinion. I'm not too sure if he's a championship player, but ultimately he's an attacking player. And Mobley looked like he tried to win it today, but but Diallo, Bart and Jewison give us a lift as a crowd and also give the team a lift as well. I think on paper, the players that we brought in, obviously we haven't watched me shoot yet. But like I would say the two that stood out were Mishud because he came from PSG and Diallo because he'd been at Man United and cost like a silly amount of money, done relatively okay at Rangers in patches. Um, whereas Abdullah Bar was sort of the the unknown quantity that, that came from like the championship side in, in France and you were like, all right, okay, maybe this is just a project. But look, we've both touched on, or we've all touched on as a trio, how well he was, how well he played in those 20, 25 minutes. And I'm, I'm not a stats man. Um so much but like I haven't actually got the stats in front of me because I counted them but I counted every time he got the ball he never lost possession once I never counted it if he has I'm sorry up the stats but I didn't see it um and he didn't give the ball away or concede a foul up until the 92nd minute and the foul that he gave away was debatable it was sort of when he won it back near the end it looked like it was going to break from my end it looked like the lad went down pretty cheap um he was probably the player that arrived, Dave, with the least fanfare or the least expectation. But on really early viewing of his past two performances, he's really exciting. How excited are you by him without kind of building him up too much? Definitely, mate. I am <clears throat> very excited. Uh, the, the fact the fact that he, like you say, tries to go forward a lot of the time. He seems physical. He seems strong. He seems energetic. Um to be honest, like the the, the drop of the shoulder, uh, I think he'd been on for about fifteen minutes. The drop of the shoulder took out three of their players, um, and then played the ball forward. Which okay, it wasn't the best through ball for I think it was for Ahmad. But listen, having a player like that, and and you just know again, it's that lack of centre forward, isn't it? Ahmad's probably used to being closer to the wings and stuff like that. A Ross Stewart running through on that is is a little bit of a different story. Probably reads the pass a little bit more. Um, and it's such a nice... It's just such a nice feeling that that every single player that we seem to be getting through the door at the minute is fitting a philosophy. I mean, Jesus Christ, since when are we... As Sunderland fans, when are we talking about players fitting into philosophies? Jesus Christ, it's been a while, hasn't it? Even going back to when we were getting the likes of Darren Bent and Gian and, and people like that, I don't think there was ever talk of a philosophy. Maybe it's a bit more of a philosophy for for kind of when Quinn and Phillips were here. We, we had a direct direction of play and, and that's the who we signed. Ultimately, people like Les Landers, floor didn't fit in. Um, there's only one Quinn and Phillips really, isn't there? But it's so nice to see how everyone can fit in and, and even without a centre-forward name today, I still felt confident that we'd score. And I think on another day, we, we would have scored even without a centre-forward. You know, with Roberts, when he's nutmegged the full-back and cut him, from, cut him from the right and didn't get enough whip on it in the bottom corner. There's just so many little magicians within the, within the squad. And, and Barr seems to fit right into that, but from a, from a deeper role, instead of a Pritchard. And he's almost dare I say it because he's one of our own but he almost seems a little bit more of a classier Dan Neil and Dan Neil's doing nothing wrong by the way he's 
he's looked very good as well. He was part of that fantastic goal at Redden. Um, and and the, to be honest, I mean, I'm probably doing the lad an injustice because that pass at the, for the goal at Redden was unbelievable first time. Um, yeah, really excited. There's not much I'm not excited about, if I'm honest. Yeah, 100%. Um, Bar was really impressive for me today. And Diallo, I've watched um, at Rangers last year in, in, in part, and I've seen him at Sunderland, and I can see what he's going to add. I don't think he's a centre-forward. Um, I don't think he's anywhere close to a centre forward. I think he's more a winger. Um, we're talking of wingers, Brad. I know we've touched on him already. Um, we chatted about Patrick Roberts sort of earlier in the season, and he wasn't really getting a look in at the beginning, um, specifically under Alex Neal. And then he's gradually came back in the past few weeks, got his two goals at Reading. For me, the Patrick Roberts we've seen today was just so confident. And I think a confident Patrick Roberts is up there with one of your best players, not just in the team, but potentially in the league, just based on his potential alone. How exciting does Patrick Roberts look at the moment? How confident does he look for you? Yeah. Um, Patrick Roberts is a confidence player. We're seeing that. Everyone that you've, or people in the game you talk to about the about Roberts is he needs an arm on the shoulder to tell, to, to, to tell him how good of a player he actually is. Now he's getting a run of games in the side. We are starting to see the best of him. Um, every time he picks up the ball, I think you, you, you can feel the optimism around the stadium. Everyone gets excited. Where's he going to go? We all know he's going to cut inside. But it's like, when is he going to cut inside? And it, it, it must be so horrible to defend against because a couple of times he did go down the outside today and then he, he does come back, but they just can't stop him. Um, all, all that was missing from his game today was a goal or an assist. But that, again, it, he's had two goals at Redden. Like you say, he got the assist at Watford. So he's just got to stay in the squad for me. Um, he's, very, he's very exciting. Um, I mean, he wouldn't have got a big money move to Man City if he wasn't a good player, let's put it that way. Um, and he's got a lot of experience behind him, so it'll be. I would hate to see him come back out the side for some reason. Um, even if he has one or two bad games, just uh, I think Mowbray knows that as well. He, he'll 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 persevere with him because I think Mowbray is a big fan of his two wide players and Clark and Roberts as a way. So yeah, I. I I do. We talked about pre-season, didn't we? About who would we like to keep keep um, offering new contracts to, etc. And we, the two that we said is Bailey Wright and Patrick Roberts. Now we haven't seen Bailey Wright at all, but they were the two that we said we really feel like they're the, they're the players that we need in this division. And Patrick Roberts is starting to show why we thought that as well. Um, so yeah, if if he keeps on in this vein of form. He will get more assists. He will get more goals through his game. It's just one of them things. He didn't get one today, but he said, I wouldn't put a pass and bang two or three in on, on Tuesday night against Blackpool if he plays exactly like that. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, Robert, I would be really disappointed for to see Roberts come out the side now because I think I think when you're winning games, it's entertaining as a fan. But if you can be excited and also win games, that's kind of like the perfect combination. And I think for me, Jack Clark and Roberts, whenever I get the ball, I'm just like, where are they going here? Like, what what's happening here? Like, and then when you've got like Sirk and, and now Alessi that can run down the side of Clark, 
that's exciting. And then you've got Gooch running down the right hand side of of Patrick Roberts. It's it sounds daft after a nil-nil to speak so positively, but it just says about how the club feels at the moment. It feels positive and it's because the players are exciting. They seem to have like a system. And I never thought I'd say this, but I'm going to say it and I know it's early doors and things can change rap- like rapidly. This could be at the end of the season podcast when everything goes absolutely like skew if. But I think we play more attacking, attractive football under Tony Mowbray than we ever did under Alex Neal. And I think we're starting to see that a bit now. Obviously, he's not massively put a stamp on the team yet, but we are playing better football. And I think that's really helping us um, with the lack of strikers at the minute because we still look like we can cause problems. Yeah. Um, well, touching on Mowbray, I watched a lot of him today on the sideline. Um and he was trying to kick every ball with the players as well. And he's very, very animated, isn't he? And what I haven't seen from managers in a long time is when he's making a substitution, he stood applauding the players coming off with the fans. He's, he, he's As soon as the names went up, he's, he's keeping them encouragement. He's, and every player that come off, he goes and has a word in the ear, a bit, bit of crack about them and then back out. And I feel like the players... Uh, They've, they've really taken a Tony Mowbray, and I agree. I think we are playing a little bit more of an attractive style of football under Mowbray than we did under Neil. Listen, we're big fans of Alex Neil. He got the job done for us. We had a good start this season, and I know he wasn't your cup of tea when he came in, Tony Mowbray. I think I was more level-headed about it, I would say. He wasn't my number one choice, but I, I could understand why he was coming in. I thought, well, yeah, it's a good appointment. Now I can start to see why other teams and fans in the division said he's a perfect fit for Sunderland. And we're starting to, we are seeing that now. Um, I love Mogger. Yeah. I love Mogger. Yeah, he, he, honestly, I, I've got no real issues with him at the minute. And like I say, it's like man, the management job and the football job can change week to week, but like you can only react to what you've seen so far. And so far, like really happy with just his demeanour. Um, I think he waffles a bit, but like he is a bit of a granddad in the way that he kind of brings it. But I, I, I kind of like that. Like the players seem to quite like him. And if he is just coaching them well, motivating them well, and then putting the arms around the likes of like Roberts and that and just saying, kid, we know you're good. Man City spent 40 million quid on you, yada, yada. And they're producing consistent performances. I'm happy with it. Um, I don't mind that he looks like every man that gets into a snooker club um, in any way, shape, size or form because it's working at the minute. And yeah, I really like him as well. I'm a real, real big fan. And um, anyone who listens to this will know how huge of a fan of Alex Neal I was. So for me to, I wouldn't say forget Alex Neal so fast, but it'd be so content with how things have happened literally only about six weeks after what would or should have been a complete disaster by some proportions is great. Um, on the flip side, a side who I imagine, Brad, I'll stick with you on this, um, who maybe aren't going to feel so positive, which seems weird for a team that's picked up the same amount of points and scored the same amount of goals and conceded the same amount of goals as we did today. I'm not really in the mode of commenting on other teams because I don't really care, if I'm honest, um, especially if we haven't beaten them. But that was Preston's 6-0-0 draw in 11 games and the eighth time they failed to score this season. We talk an awful lot about the championship um, and we've said from what we've seen in the opening 10 games, there's little to be worried about. I'm sorry, Preston fans, but 
Preston were comfortably the worst side that I've seen at the stadium like this season. They looked, someone said, a championship Wickham, and I completely understand that. Um, but does that, if anything, if we're going to have any frustration from that, Brad, does that make our lack of cutting edge a little bit more frustrating today? Um, I wouldn't say it was frustrating, mate, to be honest. I think the the analogy of a championship Wickham is absolutely bang on. Um, it's hard to break down a team that sits fucking seven in defence. Sorry for swearing. They, a lot of the time they had a back line of seven when we're trying to break them down. And we didn't have a striker. And um, if you're a Preston fan, you've got to be thinking, hang on, these haven't got a striker. Why are we still playing with the back line that consists of seven players sometimes? There's a couple of times they went through on goal. And I know you spoke to the, your man on uh, your preview pod. And there's another couple of preview pods that went out there. And they were saying they were going through one-on-one and weren't finishing. There was a couple of times in the first half they were through on goal. And the, the fella forgot he was playing football and just kept running. And just forgot to take the ball with him. I would be deeply concerned if I was a Preston fan watching that week in, week out. It would bore the living shite out of me. And uh, I mean, we've only watched it for 90 minutes and we're speaking relatively positive positive about our team. So I'd hate to think what their reaction pods would be, mate. And I'm so glad that we don't have to watch them every single week. Um, did Parrot play for them today? Did Parrot play for them today? If he did, I, he didn't do it. I think he came on a sub, didn't he? I could be I'm wrong. Not sure. I didn't even notice. Like, yeah, he came up, came on for about the last twenty, didn't he? Did he? Did, didn't even notice he was on the park. Um, and he was meant to be their big marquee signing, the one that we were a bit gutted about. Welcome them from all I'm concerned, because there wasn't one player in that team that I would turn around and say, "Oh, if if he if we had him." You always think that about players, don't you? Oh, if we could just have mm-hmm. him, he might just fill in that gap. Um, there wasn't one player I would look at and say, oh, I wish we had him and we, we might just have that little bit more. They're shite. They're absolutely shite. And I don't... But, uh, I, like, I'm, I'm, not... Still not, I'm still not angry that we that we didn't beat them. I'm not... I'm, yes, a bit frustrating. But they are shite. Like you said, the worst team that we've had this season, like this season. And probably will be the worst team that we have all season at the stage of light, if I'm honest. Um, we might, yeah, we're going to get beat off teams, but there'll be teams that beat us who don't play as badly as that. So it's, it's wild when you look at like you talk about the good teams who come up against um, Sheffield United. It were actually battered Norwich, but like you could see what Norwich had in reserve. Um, and the teams like I thought Borough were all right against us. To be fair, they were probably up for it because they kind of classed it as a derby and, and whatnot. And the three teams that have beat us, you can kind of understand. Although Middlesbrough's kind of a bit of an anomaly based on the, their form, but I I just I'm not really in, in the business of commenting on other teams. But I just thought Preston were really poor today, um, and that probably frustrated me a bit that we didn't score. But there's there's nuance to that, isn't it? The fact that we have no strikers. Um, Dave, obviously, it, it's really well documented that Sims and Stewart are both out and we have no strikers. Like, we've, we've probably set up about 70 times in the past three weeks. Um, we've coped really well against Redden and Watford. We scored five goals and five good goals in their absence. But um, today probably felt like the first time that the absence of a striker was a little bit glaring. Um Hopefully that's not going to be the case moving forward. But 
how bad do you think we did look up top today, Dave? Um, yeah, ultimately, you, you can see what a, what a focal point of the team would have brought today, I think. Um, but at the same time, I'm just I'm not despondent in any way. Um, ultimately, one thing that everyone's going to have to be prepared for, um, and I'm you've made a couple of bold, bold statements today, and I'm I'm going to continue the thing because I'm I'm that positive, and I like to think that I'm that I'm realistic um, and and not biased in any way to a degree. But the the more the teams work us out, and I don't think they're ever going to work us out enough to be able to stop us. But there is going to be a degree of teams sitting in behind the ball because we can hurt teams. There isn't a single team in this division, from what I've seen so far, that will stop us from scoring goals. But what that will bring is 10 men behind the ball and go and break us down. Now, today, okay, we've been unlucky a couple of times. Freddie Woodman's made a couple of decent saves. Um, and, and just that little final killer ball we've just lacked, or we've lacked the fact that the centre forward hasn't quite read what we were doing. If I'm honest, if I thought Mowbray had got one thing wrong today, it was taking Embleton off. I thought Embleton was probably going to be the one person who would have scored for us today um, from what I watched. Uh, it just had a bit more bite and aggression about him up top. Uh, as opposed to like a Pritchard or a Roberts. Roberts, you just expect something special that happened. Pritchard, yeah, okay, I, th- I think it was one in the first half. He's took him back under his left foot and I'm like, Pritch, you're good enough. Just bend it in the top corner. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's not as easy as that. Otherwise, we'd all be doing it week in, week out. We just need to be a bit more patient and I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head earlier with, with the whole Mowbray thing. I've, I've jumped ship already. I was a big fan of Alex Nail. I was absolutely devastated that we lost him. Uh, especially under the, under the circumstances. But Mowbray has come in and I, I think he's clever enough the way he was trying to get the ball out into the, the left-hand side as quickly as he possibly could today for Jack Clark. He'd obviously spotted a weakness in Preston and he tried to expose it. Okay, Preston's made a few little tactical changes second half and, and they've kind of negated that and stopped Jack Clark getting the ball so much. But yeah, I, it's really weird. I, I haven't got much negative to say. Just excited for the next game, to be honest. Yeah, two yeah. nil loss incoming. It feels absolutely positive, um, and that's a, a massive benefit. I'm I'm trying to pick negatives, and I wrote a couple down. I think Pritchard's been poor recently. He hasn't had an assist since um, the sixth of August. But am I overly concerned? Am I just picking a negative for the sake of it? Maybe, probably, yes. Um, Brad, I, I know the the rumours are that Sims is not going to be out for too much longer. Um, but we got told that a few weeks ago. I've got a feeling this is not as not as positive as originally diagnosed. I like Diallo. I don't think he's a forward. Um, I'm not the biggest fan. I'm not the biggest hater of Diago, but I don't think he's a centre forward. Looking at the free transfer market, there's Fraser Campbell, Vidra, Nikolai Jorgensen. Um, is it worth looking into the free agent market or do you think it's just kind of pointless in a sense because they're going to take a few weeks to get fit anyway and by that time Sims could be back? Do we just plough on with what we've got for the moment? Four weeks ago, mate, I said we needed to look into the free agent market. It's pointless now, to be honest, um, because when you look at it, they've had 
oh, when the season finished, May. So you don't know, maybe it's five, four or five months since they've last played a competitive game because they've had a, they haven't had a club since then. You're going to be looking at them needing a mini pre-season, getting into the 23s. Um, if we're going to dip into the free agent market, it would have had to be before the international break because they could have had a couple of 23s games um, to bring them up to speed, even if it's just to get them on the pitch for 10, 15 minutes towards the end to change the dynamic. It's a waste. Of, it's not a waste of time, I would say. Um, but I, I just don't think it would serve its purpose for us now with Sims possibly a week or two away. I, th- I, think, I don't think we'll see him Tuesday. We might not see him next week against Swansea. I think he'll be back for the Wigan game if I'm all if I'm truth. When he's when he's on about when obviously when they're saying they're going to send him back to Everton for further scans, doesn't sound like it's imminent on his return. But it could be a week or two. They just want to make sure on him. Um, so no, I wouldn't be looking at the free agent market now. If we do, great, because there's nothing saying that Sims comes back gets another injury, or Stewart, like we say, is still quite a way away. So. Is it worth having someone in on a short-term deal or January just to see us through Christmas when they return from internationals? Possibly, but I wouldn't be signing someone for the signing sake because I think they've got a good blend in that squad of personalities and you don't want someone to come in and disrupt that if they're not the right fit either. So, I mean, I'm on the fence with it. If someone comes in, fine, they've seen someone who could make an impact or could help us, but if they don't, I've seen enough in the last three games without a striker to think we've got enough to create chances. And like you say, on, on any other day, we score two or three today with Roberts and Clark bending them in. Next week, they, they might go and do that. So the, the only thing I would say about free transfers is um, I've discovered a player called Robbie Bacon. And I'm quite taken by the idea of signing Robbie Bacon. He has played for... HKDC Mobsters in the Yi Yao Football League. He scored two and eighteen in two thousand and eleven. Um, but then, when he signed for Club Colts, don't know where they are. He scored uh, twenty five, twenty three, and twenty before he kind of fell off a cliff a little bit and signed for a different team. But that's not really the reason I want to sign him. I just want us to sign Robin uh, Robbie Bacon. Sorry. So when he misses a chance, I can say, Ah, he made a pig's ear of that. But anyway. That's enough jokes for tonight. Uh, on the Blackpool. Absolute sausage. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the Blackpool, is it? This is why I'm not a comedian, you see, everyone. Um, it's another home game. Nice, nice quick one before we go. Blackpool have lost four in the last five. They've signed Liam Bridcut, the 19th in the league. No game's really easy at this level. Like we said today, you know, Preston, probably the worst I'd have come up against, and we didn't win. Yes, I know there's reasons for that, which we've touched on over the course of the podcast, but Blackpool's a really winnable game, incredibly winnable. Um, they're not playing too well. I know a couple of Blackpool fans, things are not going fantastically well within the fan base and mood. Um, confident that we'll we'll add three points on um, on Tuesday, Dave, or Brad, whoever wants to go first. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I think, do you want to know something? I suppose if we're looking at it on paper, like, uh, we're probably slightly more effective away from home, um, mm-hmm. just in terms of, of, of points and goals scored and things like that. But I think the more that we keep sticking to the plan and playing the way that we are, I think we're a problem for anyone. Like, I, I sound like a broken record, but like an actual good broken record for once, which is quite nice because I'm normally a miserable bastard, as everyone knows. Um, so, 
so yeah, I'll, I'll put my neck on the line. I think um, I think we're going to win 3-1. How about that? Yeah, I'm pretty confident as well, which is weird considering I'm like, I think I think it's just, I'm looking at the team and I'm like, yeah, we looked like we needed a striker today, but like, I was kind of all right with it in the last two games we scored five goals so whatever yeah I'm, I'm, I'm positive Brad before we go I'll give you sort of final word mate where I've got like a minute or so left um, confident of three points Tuesday yeah um, we've spent half the pod talking about not having strikers and if we're going to cope scoring I'm very close to today's prediction I'm going to say 3-0 to be honest um, I just have that feeling that They'll they'll rest them recover tomorrow. They'll address the what needs to happen on Monday. And like you said, Blackpool's not in the greatest of form. There, there is ways we can exploit them easily. Um, so I'm going to say three nothing. Um, and I'm going to say Patrick Roberts will get two, and Adjielise, our man, will score another one. I'll um I'll say a, a comfortable one nil if there's such a thing. And uh, Diallo to get his first goal. But um, as always, it's uh, never positive. heard of a couple. 1-0 in my life <laughs> not with Sunderland um, but as always thanks very much for obviously joining us like subscribe and share as I keep being told to say uh, I don't care if you don't but you can if you like uh, Brad Dave thanks for joining us on ultimately a 0-0 draw but another positive week uh, which is great may, may this continue gracias pleasure mate thank you very much thank you very much 